Hey, good morning Cedar Valley. Welcome here. New season, new space, new recording place that is at least, new series. We're really excited for all of these little micro changes happening on our stream, so let's go. If you're new to joining us online, a special welcome to you. Right now, one of the best ways to stay in touch with us and stay informed about all the things happening around here at Cedar Valley is by finding us and following us online on Instagram, our Facebook, or heading over to our website, cedarvalley.ca, and signing up for our email newsletter. And right now, it's more important than ever to actually read those email newsletters or find our posts and actually interact with them or maybe pay attention to the videos, write down some notes, because we've had a few big announcements recently. And so if you've missed those or you've forgotten about them, I'm gonna catch you up right now. So first, as a big thing for a model of church this fall, we are really pouring into what we're calling church at home. And what that looks like is we're inviting all of you to form small bubbled missional neighborhood groups to engage together with our Sunday online content. And I know some of you have already been doing that, inviting your friends or neighbors over into your house. Uh, some of you have big decks, which is really nice, uh, watching the services outside. But we really believe that Growing as Christians, uh, growing in our faith walk is so much better when we're doing that. In fact, it's, it's crucial to be doing that together with people, praying with each other, worshiping together, challenging each other, and really just wrestling through different ideas. So we're even helping facilitate that by adding some intentional group discussion questions at the end of each stream. And starting in October, we're gonna have a special segment added for group discussions. So start thinking about who you could invite, who you know who's either part of the church already, who lives near you, Maybe your neighbors for the first time ever, you're gonna bring them over for a cup of tea, some biscuits. And second, we are opening the doors here at our church campus to in-person worship services. And we're really excited for that. What we're gonna be doing is once a month, the first weekend of each month, we're gonna be running three services at 8.30 a.m., 10 a.m., and 11.30, so that there's enough space for everybody to have a safe, small gathering, but still in person here. And we're really excited because we can't wait to just pray with you know a few more people to worship together, to just chat and learn together. And that's starting on October 4th, is gonna be our first one. And we're doing that once a month because we also really wanna take opportunity of these small at-home groups as well to grow in a more intimate group, but we also can't wait to just work together in a little bit of a bigger capacity here at the church building and we'll make sure that we keep you informed with how to sign up for those services there's gonna be online sign up happening closer to the date of that also we've got youth groups starting up in small safe gatherings they're gonna be happening on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock till 830 that's happening September 26 so a couple weeks out from now just to get us into the rhythm of school shaping up Awana leaders right now are also prayerfully meeting to look at what this fall might look like how they could safely and still effectively create a community of learning uh, that is thriving for children. So keep them in your prayers right now because this stuff takes a lot of administrative and creative planning to uh, engage in small safe groups while still fulfilling all of our vision tasks and goals. And it also takes some new investments, some new technology, some new materials. So we're th really thankful for your ongoing prayerful support, your financial support that's allowed us to navigate all of this quite easily, quite fluidly. And if you're interested in ways to continue giving to the mission and work of Cedar Valley Church like Iwana, like our in-person gatherings happening, like our community partnerships, which will be bringing out in our upcoming series here, which I can't wait to announce. You can head over to cedarvalley.ca slash give or find a button on the site that says give. And there's a few different ways that you can do that either online or you can drop off a donation in person. 
And again, we're just so thankful for your support that's letting us navigate all of these changes right now in the world so well. We wanna start this morning off with a time of prayer, so please join me in that. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. God, thank you for being with us in living rooms or porch patios, God, or here at the church building with the watch party, maybe out on a park bench, God, wherever it might be in a basin suite, but you are present with us. Wherever we lift up our voices to you, whether we turn our ears to hearing you, God, you are there. So please speak to us loudly this morning, God. Speak to us effectively. And God, especially this week, we are thinking of educators, God, the teaching system as school has started up and uh, teachers are just navigating a kind of a new way of doing things. God, students are going into a new environment. There's fear happening there, God. There's uncertainty. There's also just the constant chaos of change and different, which we just are experiencing like crazy. So God, please be in the schools. We even think of Albert McMahon, which is right across the school parking lot here, as they just seek to serve kids and create a safe environment and still do that, God. And as much of it still may just be washing hands, we believe that you can also work miracles within that environment. So please be there with that. Um, and God, for parents too, who are taking up the task of teaching at home, be with them, give them the strength that they are probably now encountering for maybe the first time. They've never realized what it takes to educate a child, to learn to read, to learn to process information together. So we depend on your wisdom that we can pass on to the next generation. So God, thank you for all that. We just pray that you bless this morning, bless the offering that's been given freely, God, the financial contributions that help make this ministry of Cedar Valley work, God, that you multiply it for your work and kingdom and give us the inspiration for where we can reach out and touch this city with your love. So God, we pray all these things in your name, amen. Okay, we're gonna get going here in just a moment uh, in the time of worship. Our worship teams have recorded some songs. We've got lyrics on the screen for you so you can join in wherever you're at, uh, however you feel. You can sing along, you can hum along just to experience the lyrics, the words of worship we're lifting up to God here. It's not just karaoke, although it feels like it sometimes. After that, uh, Doug is playing some basketball. We chose to film it, so it's really good. It's for the kids, special message for the kids, so stay tuned for that. It's gonna be really great halfway through the service. And after that, Pastor Rob is bringing us a new message in this new series we're launching, which is tackling some conversations about transitions, the kind of transitions that we as a church are going through right now that we tried to start back in March and then we kind of got thrown for a loop and we had to adapt a lot of ways. But as a church, we are looking to the future for how God wants us to be reaching into our community, into our world, really, here's mission, how to grow as Christians. And that takes a number of steps to relearn because we're a church with an amazing history and a lot of longevity here, but we also need to look forward powerfully. So Rob is starting the series off this morning with talking about the process of closure and what that looks like when change enters our lives. But before we head into all that, if you're watching live, head over to the comment section of Facebook or YouTube and get ready to type something out here. I'm not gonna ask you a question this morning for our icebreaker. Instead, I wanna focus on the fact, like we just prayed about, that schools just started up this week and everything from high school down to kindergarten, even preschools, everything looks wildly different this year. Teachers have been reluctantly look into the fall, wondering, not sure what's gonna happen, what are the new practices gonna be like? Students are entering into buildings with just different, really school's different than ever has been before. 
and some parents have opted to keep their kids at home or they're uh, engaging in distance learning or at home education. Some of them are doing that for the very first time even. What we wanna do this morning here is I'm asking all of you take a minute, head over to your comment feeds there on the stream and write a note of encouragement to the educators in your life that are just even around here too in the city of Mission. Uh, maybe you know some, you can tag them in it, but let's fill this comment section in the stream up this morning with prayers and encouragement for educators and parents as they navigate this next season well. So thank you so much for joining us this morning, Cedar Valley. We're in for a great time. sadness from wherever you've been come broken hearted let rescue begin come find your mercy oh sinner come near earth has no sorrow that heaven can heal so lay down your
Hey, that's a foul. No pushing. No double dribbling. You have to keep the ball bouncing when you move. You can't grab it and walk. That's if you're playing football. Foul again. Oh, you know what? I coach basketball and there's a lot of rules. And every year when new teammates come onto the team, they don't know a lot of the rules. And so I have to explain every single rule. And you know what? During practice, they hear this a lot. It means that they've broken a rule and we need to start over again. Now, rules in basketball are, in part, are important because they make the game go the way it should be played. If you don't have rules, it would just be chaos. But you know what? There's some people that think this is just a big book of rules. And it's not. This, do you know what this is? Can you tell? That's right. It's a Bible. This is actually a story about how much God loves us and how to be friends with God. It is really, really cool. It's not about rules at all. But in the book of Matthew, chapter 22, in the Bible, there's a story about these group of guys that re they really like their rules. They had tons of them. As a matter of fact, they had over 600 rules about how to live. Now that's a lot. And they wanted to make sure everybody else was keeping all of the rules that they said they should keep. Well, Jesus was in town. And so while he was talking to a bunch of people, these guys, the rules followers, the rule keepers, the rule makers, they said, ah, we don't really like this Jesus guy because he doesn't follow all of our rules. So they were going to ask him a question about rules. And they didn't actually want the answer. They were just trying to trick him so he would say the wrong thing so we could say, ha, we got you. Well, they asked him the question, which is the most important commandment? Kind of like a rule. And they were waiting to see what he would say because to them, all of them were important. They wanted to see what Jesus would say to see if they could tri trick him. Well, you know what he said? Not what they were expecting to hear. He said, the most important thing is to love God with all of your heart and all of your mind and your soul and your strength. And he said, there's also something else. Love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, if you do those two things, you don't need all the other rules. The Bible isn't about rules. Well, they didn't like to hear this at all. But then think about it. If we love God, that means we want to obey him. We want to become better friends with him. We're going to listen to him. We're going to live our lives for him. Wow, that covers a lot of things in our life. We don't need a bunch of other rules. And then he said, and then love your neighbor just as much as you care for yourself. So, if we love God and we're nice to our neighbor, that means we respect them and we help them. We care for them. We're nice to them. Hey, now, if I show that I love God how I live, and if I'm nice to those around me, 
How many more rules do I need? Jesus said, if you do those, that covers all of the things that I want you to do, which is pretty cool. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't be listening to your parents and obeying their rules because they have rules for a reason and they're important in your family. But when it comes to loving God and what the Bible says, love God, be nice to people. That's what Jesus wants us to do. Now, I've got a question for you that I want you to talk to your family about. What is something that you can do as a family to show that you love God? I'm sure you can come up with some pretty cool stuff and I would like to hear about it. And my next question, what is something that you could do as a family to show that you could be nice to your neighbors? I bet you could come up with something really great that would show that you could be nice to them. Well, those are the things that Jesus would like you to do. To love God with all your heart and to be nice to your neighbors. Thanks for listening. I'm going to be really interested in these things that you've decided with your family. And you can send them in. You can type them in on the computer as you're watching this. Or you can send me an email so I can hear all about it. Thanks for listening so well. Have a great day. Bye. Okay, hey Cedar Valley. <laughs> We're starting a new series this Sunday. We're calling it Road Trip, and the reason for that will become hopefully clear in this message, if not the next, or through the series. But let me start with a story. Uh, Jackie and I, or at least some context for the series. Jackie and I went on several road trips this summer. Uh, day trips to Whistler and Harrison and Kamloops and Kelowna and Penticton, exploring our beautiful province, as Dr. Bonnie Henry suggested, enjoying each other's company because, hey, when you're doing life with your best friend, it doesn't really matter where you're doing that with, even if it's in a car, even if it's day trips that take three and a half hours both way. Tracking down all the best ice cream shops in all these towns. So, Cows in Whistler, Baskin and Robbins in Harrison, Scoops in Kamloops, Mulix in Kelowna, and Lickety Splits in Penticton. And just for the record, Jackie and I would agree that Scoops in Kamloops was the king of the creams. Just for you know, write it down, take note. All our road trips, all of our road trips began the same way, packing the car. We'd pack our chairs, we'd pack our bathing suits and our towels, our bikes and our books, and we'd pack a lunch and snacks and drinks in our little cooler. Yet, our trips never started until we shut the door of our house behind us and then made our way to McDonald's for our road trip coffees and breakfast sandwiches, of course. But there's no road trips without leaving home. There's no new adventures without closing the door. And for us at Cedar Valley Church, there's no healthy moving into the future without some kinds of closures to our past. By closure, I mean this, and maybe I'll get Grant to flick that very first slide for me. Thanks, Grant. By closure, I mean this. To close, shut, or to bring something to an end or conclusion, or at least dealing with that. My friend and your former pastor, Dan Rampo, with his wife, Linda, ended a 20-year season of faithful and fruitful ministry 
here at Cedar Valley Church this past February, their ministry came to a close at that time. I spoke at the church the very next week, as I recall, beginning with some remarks about closure, actually. Some things like this, we're all affected by these things differently, these kinds of endings. We all sort of process it differently. We need to give each other then time and space to process Dan and Linda's leaving. But whatever we're feeling, I'd said then, I think, God is with us, there is hope, there is a future. Stay and give and engage in the next adventures of the church, the road trip. And then we were struck with a global pandemic, super bad timing, to shut down, to keep our distances from one another, to wash our hands like we're all going in to perform surgery and to wear protective gloves and masks. So much loss over the course of the last six months, loss of ability to move about easily and to travel, loss of connecting with family and friends, unless they were in our bubble. And, and of course, they needed to be in this country. Loss of health, loss of work and income, loss of confidence about the future, loss of certain freedoms, including the loss of gathering for worship. Loss of what was, loss of what we would remember as normal, beginning in our case with the loss of the ministry and care of a beloved pastor and his wife. Lots to grieve. And so by way of coming alongside you in that grieving process, some have found, and I have, it helpful to track their grieving process through Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's five stages of grief. And yeah, I would love that slide. That one right there. Beautiful. So let's walk through it. Denial is when we cling to a false, preferable reality like Dan and Linda haven't really left. They're, they're still in the area. And that may be, but they are no longer a pastoral couple at Cedar Valley Church. Or like, well, you can take the pastor out of the church, but you can't take the pastor out of the man. And again, that may also be true, but out of fairness to Dan and Linda, they, they can't anymore be our first call for pastoral care. So denial is that first stage. Anger is when we recognize that denial can't continue any longer. So we become frustrated, particularly with people in close proximity to us. We ask questions like, why us? Why did they leave? Are we not good enough? Did someone hurt them? When, why did this happen? I would never speak for Dan and Linda, but I do know this that the average ministry span for a lead pastor like Dan is anywhere from three to seven years long. That Dan and Linda served here for 20 years is a testament to how much they loved this church and how good this church has been to them. So well done, both of you. Denial, anger, why? And then bargaining. Bargaining is... Bargaining is when we attempt to negotiate with God or someone else to change the reality of our situation. Like, what if I did, or what if we were, like, fill in that blank. 
maybe Dan and Linda might have stayed. We get so desperate to go back to the ways that they were like that we become willing to make major life changes to make it happen. This is the stage of endless what-ifs. In this stage, we can struggle to find meaning, we reach out to others, and we tell our stories. At this point, I want to remind you that all three of your pastors, me included, continue to be available to meet with you to process these and other things, either in person at a safe distance and with whatever safety protocols you would like in place to make you feel comfortable, or over the phone or online. Of course, acknowledging that none of us are professional counselors, but we can offer a listening ear, an encouraging voice, and a time of prayer. Denial, anger, bargaining, and these aren't necessarily experienced in this order, and one isn't preferable over another, of course. But we go from denial to anger to bargaining. We might go from denial to bargaining, anger back towards depression. Is the, is the present tense emotion of grief, some would say. We can feel numb or live in a fog or not want to get out of bed. The world might seem too overwhelming for us to face. We might not want to be around others, might not want to talk. And we might experience feelings of hopelessness. If you are stuck in this particular stage of this cycle, either because of the loss of Dan and Linda or because of the losses that you've suffered through this season of COVID, I want to encourage you to seek some professional help. And then acceptance, the last stage of grief in this cycle. Acceptance is when we come to terms with our new reality, when our emotions begin to stabilize and when we feel confident that we're, we're going to be okay, when we can be grateful for things in the past and also have some optimism for the future. The fog will lift. We'll spend time again with our friends. We'll feel less overwhelmed and less hopeless. Our good days will start to outnumber our bad days and we'll begin to dream again. We'll be ready for a road trip. In the meantime, if you aren't already ready for a road trip, let me ask you a few questions, and that'll be the next slide. First of them is this. Where do you see yourself in the cycle? And the second one is this. Where do you think the congregation is in the life cycle? And then the last of them is this. If you feel like you've moved to and through to acceptance, then how might you help others where they're at in the cycle? These questions are going to be posted uh, for small group discussion at the end of this online stream. So you can be thinking about them now, but being ready to answer them later. It's going to be awesome. When you are ready for the road trip, here's what we've packed in the car for now at Cedar Valley Church. And it would be these things, online worship. So again, on Facebook or YouTube or at cedarvalley.ca. Then secondly, missional neighborhood small groups. So we're inviting you into identifying in your immediate geographical neighborhoods other Cedar Valley Church members 
and sitting with them and wondering how to care for each other, but also how to reach out into your immediate geographical neighborhoods. Thirdly, on-site worship, uh, which, were, which we announced last Friday, uh, we're excited to be able to offer on these Sundays, October 4, November 1st, December 6th at 8.30, 10 o'clock and 11.30. Just stay tuned for those sign-up details for those services because we'll want to make sure that everyone's able to come, but we have to limit each of these uh, times, the 8.30, 10 o'clock and 11.30 time slots to a maximum of 50 people, as you know. And then we have midweek social media posts that will be topical and a little shorter than what we've done previously, but we'll be covering discipleship issues around youth and children and parenting and marriage and just a healthy relationship with Jesus Christ, amongst other things. And then lastly, in our car, as we've packed what we've packed, we want to uh, have some strategic dialogues with um, the Cedar Manor and Albert McMahon across the street in terms of how we might be able to reach out to them from our campus to help them. So you can be praying about that, wondering how you might participate in that. If you have ideas, please send them our way. But we're going to engage that if we can, and we're trusting that God will be, go before us. So are you ready for a road trip? Join us online for worship, unpack it with your friends, reach out to your neighbors, look to be challenged and encouraged with the midweek posts, and pray and share about how we might be able to reach out to uh, folks in our immediate geographic neighborhood around the church campus. But first, we've got to close the door behind us. Or as Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I, we can press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me, says Paul, or us heavenward in Christ Jesus. Let me end with this encouragement from the story of the Israelites as we weave our way through uh, closure. Israel was told in Deuteronomy chapter 8, the lessons of their past so that they would know how to live in the present and in the future. They were told to remember those lessons. So in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 2 through 5, we read this. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert those 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. The future for God's people, Israel, was rooted in their past, but it was shaped by the new work God was going to do. To get to their future, though, they had to leave their past behind and follow God by faith. So it continues in verses 7 and 9, For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with streams and pools of water, with springs flowing in the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil and honey, 
a land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing, a land where the rocks are like iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. Let me ask you, Cedar Valley, what lessons has God taught you in the past? And that might be a next slide. I'm not sure. Let's see. Yes. Well done. And then next, what have been your great joys and your great struggles? And then lastly, what are you looking forward to? These questions, along with the others that I mentioned earlier, are also going to be posted for small group discussion at the end of this online stream. So please send me your answers. Tell me your stories. Because God is still God. He is looking to bring us into a good land. Are we ready for a road trip? We're in a season of transition, a time between pastors. It's a time that our leaders have said, let's bring closure. Let's grieve as we should. But let's also take this time to have some really important conversations about who we are, where we'd like to go, and how to get there. And so, in addition to, to what we'll be doing at this time, Thoughtful Online Ministries, Missional Neighborhood, Bubbled, Small Groups, and Strategic Outreach from our campus, we will also be clarifying over the next 10 months the vision, mission, and values of the church. We'll be discussing how to govern as efficiently and as effectively as possible, and we'll be doing the groundwork to hire your next lead pastor. Everyone is invited on this road trip. Your leadership team and staff will need your input and your prayers will need your help packing the car. Let's pray. It's, um, it's a tough season, Father, transitioning. And, and as I've said, and we've talked about, it affects us differently. And we want to honor each other in the process of sorting this out, particularly if we didn't really have a chance to even perhaps properly grieve and bring closure to Dan and Linda leaving because there was this pandemic. And yet, Father, um, we don't want to stay there either, victimized by that. We want to express faith and trust in you and, and wonder and begin to dream about what you're calling us to next as a church. I pray that you would make us wise as a church and the leaders of the church in particular for this season. Thank you for the things that we are up to already online in small groups that are already forming and have formed and for conversations that we're hoping to have, we pray that we'd step into them in meaningful and helpful ways. And for those conversations that are yet to come, Father, around vision and mission and values and governance and who might be the next lead pastor here, again, I pray that you would fill us with your wisdom. 
that we would hear each other, but mostly that we would hear you so that we would be ready for that road trip. In Jesus' powerful and precious name I pray. Amen. Amen. Blessings, Cedar Valley. Have a great week. Mm -hmm.